This this weekend I uh, led a, a retreat that I've been doing for about since 2007, since I first became a nun, and it's called Moving into Silence. So we spend the first evening, uh, people can talk, and then the Saturday and the Sunday until after lunch, we're, we're silent, or the people in the group are. So, you know, the typical question people will ask is, why are you torturing people like that? <laughs> and we've done the, I do it with a yoga teacher, so we do yoga and meditation, kind of back and forth, and uh, have probably have two talks. And uh, over the years, there are a lot of people who come whenever we offer it. And uh, what we find, now this has been, what, a lot of years, so 12, 11 years. And uh, more and more people say, when we come and we ask what their intention for the weekend is, Usually people say to rest because they're very tired. People are so tired. And that hasn't gotten less. People aren't saying that less. They're saying it more, whether whether they're brand new or whether they've come a lot. So clearly they see a weekend where they don't have to talk or engage. And we, we even remind them that they don't have to smile at people in the hallways and with other retreats and they don't have to uh, even do eye contact with other people. And if they like, they can wear a badge that says they're doing a silent retreat so people don't think they're rude. Um, there are other groups and sometimes they're silent too. But we've done it for such a long time that sometimes we've I think we forget that some people aren't quite sure why they're going to a silent retreat. And so one of the comments someone made this time, because we always ask them to do evaluation forms, and someone said, maybe you, maybe you should explain why, why silence is val- valuable, like what the purpose of that is. And we were laughing about it because yeah, we used to spend a lot of time talking about why silence, and now we just, we tend more to just be, everybody's anxious to start being silent. Um, so I, I wanted to talk about that just to, to ask this group, what, what would be appealing or why would you want to be silent for a weekend? Or what do you, what is, because, yeah, go ahead. Right, to recharge. And that's, that's, I think when people talk about they want to refresh or they're tired, they, they see it as a recharging too. I think that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. I, I think in silence we finally find um, an absence, at least from, Distraction, and we get to really look inward and see just how monkey-minded and distracted we are in the absence of external distraction. And it's only after you know, getting very acquainted with that that you begin to do anything about it. And it's very hard to work on those things when the external world is, you know, chirping around you and trying to get your attention. Um, yeah. yeah. 
and 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 our speech is a way that we're we're it's how we engage like with all those people we pass and we're even if we're not speaking to them we're you know our face is moving or we're smiling or we're being attentive there's a lot of of other things that's good thank you what else Yeah, that pause is really important. And I think that's why people feel, say that they feel so, like they're so tired when they come. Because we you aren't usually po- poising. And most of the people who come are, are people who are busy in the, their, their regular life. They're not, um, when we started people had younger children now we've done it long enough that most of the people with the young kids their their kids are older so but they're still just as tired what else unless it was in if i was Especially with the silence, what? With the silence, because he talks a lot. You think it would? There, a lot of people feel that way. They're very anxious, especially before they ever come to a silent retreat. They're they are very anxious about it because, uh huh. Just thinking about it makes you anxious. <laughs> that's that's a ve- that's very common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The silence is a relief from that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one advantage would be that after you say you spend the day, a full day or things you want not speaking, maybe notice the times when you would have said something that you might have regretted or something that you didn't truly stand behind. Mm-hmm. So at the end of being silent for a long period of time, you might be more aware of the things that are really truly important to you as opposed to the things that you just kind of say just for the sake of saying Yeah, it's, you know, it's a wonderful way to really learn about speech, right speech. Because you see, you can see right away because you're passing people in the hallways and other groups and uh, you, you can imagine how much you'd be talking just little chatting with people. I know I see that. And the other thing with about speech, I mean, there's a lot about the working with our speech, but also uh, how much of the time we're not listening because we're speaking or thinking about speaking or 
you know, thinking about who we might want to speak to in the group or who we want to not speak to. So, yeah, I think I think what what I think all of us notice if there there are usually three groups on retreat where we have our retreats, and maybe one other is a silent group too, and another or there might they might both be groups that are talking, and we can really notice how much chatter there is. So they even have a separate dining room for the silent retreatants. And we before, we would often have to be in the same dining room. And it's, uh, it's amazing how loud it feels and how, uh, you know, you, you, you either want to join in or you want to run out of the room. But it's, there are lots of good practices that just, listen, just seeing what other people are speaking about. What else sounds appealing or not appealing to to anybody? It's it's uh, interesting how many books there are on silence, and just the yoga yoga teacher that that I do this with, her personal library she usually brings about ten or eleven books that are the title is silence, and. Uh, it's pretty amazing there's a lot written about silence. <laughs> I don't know how much of it is the same. But I think in all spiritual traditions, there's a big value placed on silence. And, uh huh, Steve? I know it's like when I read a book, I have to have absolute quiet or else I get distracted. So when I meditate, when I'm in the silence, I can be myself. But, but if I'm being affected by sounds and distractions, I'm not being myself. My thoughts just go wild. So this silence, I realize who I am. Yeah, I th- I think that's true too. We certainly we see ourselves. Our the reflection of ourselves is uh, is better. I mean, sometimes we're sort of screaming at first because that silence feels awkward or uncomfortable. But if we can settle into it. We see ourselves. We see ourselves when we might be speaking otherwise, and we notice, wow, I probably would have jumped right into that conversation and added my two cents worth, and then not really want, then later thought, why? It didn't even interest me. Why, why did I get caught up in it? Yeah. And you know, I've talked to people recently who, um, so a couple of people who are who are retired, but it's kind of new to be retired, and they're they're uncomfortable with silence at home. Some of them absolutely are loving it, but there are some people who are still, you know, maybe to keep the TV on during the day just as a background ambiance. And uh, and I when I had I mean when I years ago that's what was comfortable for me. But I realize now I don't I don't have that. I'm very comfortable without other than the dog, which will bark once in a while. But he's getting old, so he's even quiet. Uh, I and I sometimes can hear my neighbors. But it's it's a it's really a choice if I have anything, and I don't listen to music as much as I used to. I get easily distracted. <laughs> That's one thing I know about myself. So there's no allure. I have no uh, 
like Facebook is just something I don't even like to be around because that's a big distraction to me. So I'm like the kid chasing butterflies on the soccer field. Like there are a lot of butterflies on Facebook. One of my favorite phrases actually references silence, and it's uh, look for the flower of bloom in the silence that follows the storm. And there's that it's really deep, deep, and it's one of the things that I think is cool. And like, you know, we have a storm in your life, we have like the silence after the storm. It's just that's part of like, the silence to me, because it's a really, like I said, to me, it's a really deep, deep, and it's a really deep thing. That's what, to me, where silence is. Yeah, I think when we can enter that silence, it is very refreshing and very peaceful and calm. I mean, there are other times, especially uh, if we're not used to it and we're, and we're really used to kind of seeing the world or feeling the world with our, with our verbal abilities, it's, uh, we feel disarmed without those words. But it's good to it's good to uh, to do that because then I think we find out other qualities. The the teacher, my my yoga partner, we feel like it's very noisy because we're we, we so we decided uh, Sunday. She said, "You know what? Maybe we should go to a retreat." Just like heck, just go to a retreat and let somebody else be doing all the, the noise making stuff. And and we were both like, that's a great idea, isn't it? <laughs> Hadn't thought about that, because uh, she has to talk all through the yoga classes, which just seems like a lot of talking to me. But it helps people who are doing yoga. And I, while she's doing one class, I go and talk to the to the off person in the office because I'm taking care of things going on and paying the bills and that kind of stuff. And then we have to talk to each other if something's off schedule or we have to track in with each other. So for us, it's, uh, too, it's too much talking. But it's, uh, it's still wonderful to be in that situation where when we're walking around in the hallways or when we're when we're eating, the, one of the things that was the hardest for people when we first started doing it was being silent during the meals. So if you haven't done that, it's really weird at first. Do you think it's weird at first, Todd, or are you comfortable? <laughs> yeah. That's the best. That's the best secret. We and we we forgot to mention that to new people, that you don't have to eat, you don't have to make eye contact with people. And that's because I man, I spent years thinking, well, I'm not talking, but if I smile at everybody and you know make that face, and they maybe then they don't think I'm rude. But when you let go of even that, it's wonderful. Where you're not thinking what their reaction is to the look on your face. If you're if you're being pensive or you're trying to focus a little downward, like using walking somewhere as a practice as walking meditation, there doesn't have to be the slightest thought like, oh, they probably think I'm rude. I mean, think how much we do that. I'm very I was very 
much aware of that. So how wonderful it was not to have to uh, speak speak with non-verbally, just so it doesn't offend anybody. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This might not be all that related, but it's related to silence. Uh, at my school, there's a room that they call an anechoic chamber, where they line the sides with like foam padding, and there's like wires that you stand on, so that, like when you make a noise. It, like doesn't come back to you. It's really kind of alarming, but um, to be in there is like super peaceful, but also kind of like uncomfortable. Uh huh. Because like really, you're the only one making noise that you can hear. So you can hear like your heart beating. It's kind of weird, but it's interesting. And it's not in water. You're in a room, but is it like the chambers where you get in the water and? I would think so. I don't know how much water moves or like. The sound moves around in one of those chambers like that. But like it's it's crazy. It's like no sound comes back to you from the walls. Uh-huh. But like when it's in there it's designed so that like sounds don't bounce around as much back to you. Can you get it what do, what do people use it for? Um, I think they use it to like um, test microphones. But oh. I don't know if they use it too much anymore. They don't. I was going to say, could you go in to do that? Yeah, you kind of have to have, you have to like know the right people. Uh huh. Was it a good place to meditate? Yeah, it was a little uncomfortable to like sit in there because there isn't like really a chair or anything. Uh huh. But apart from that, it was like super calm, so it was easy to get into like that quiet meditation. Oh, that's really cool. I would think that could be really popular for people to experience that. And you don't have to get in water. <laughs> yeah. Really? You know, isn't that fascinating? So, if we're this, that's how that's how alien it is to us to be able to be listening to ourselves, isn't it? So, imagine just being able to be not talking. How much more you you're watching your thoughts. And so it is a lot to ask people to be quiet for a weekend, six or seven minutes. That's amazing. So I, I'm very curious. I've never done a uh, full day retreat. Even my meditations have been restricted to, um, I, I think, maybe one time. It was five hours, but that was one time. Um, that was a while ago. Uh, since that has been 30 minute duration, usually uh, similar to you know, what happens here. I, I was wondering if after a certain point in time, if the internal chatter that your mind just seems to generate begins to find silence as well, and you're left with more of a sort of like law, you know, reality, I guess. I think that would be, that would depend on the person. I know I've done the 10 day Vipassana one time, and my internal self just was cranking out 
<laughs> lots of stuff. It never. It it was a real fight. <laughs> um, but I but I I think it would depends on the person. I think it's really because. For, what it, what about you, Todd? Do you feel like your internal chatter? Yeah, I might have to stop. <laughs> you know, the, the superficial things you think about every day is sort of like a lot. And the really deep things, I think, uh, feeling your bottom or really deep things start coming up that you know, ignoring or even suppressing. That's, yeah. And that's the really wonderful thing, because that monkey mind's gonna keep seems to keep working, but sometimes you there can just be things coming up that we we have managed to keep down. But by being quiet, that's that we we've let go of one of our safeguards to keep that stuff pushed down. And it will it will rise up. And it can do that when you're being silent for thirty minutes too. Because if you if you if you keep doing it and it becomes a regular practice, you know you're able to more quickly let that guard down. But it, but the longer we and we don't our meditate in this weekend we do. I think the longest people can do it on their own, of course. But the longest our, our meditation would be would be say 45 minutes, and then we do something else or have a break or have uh, yoga or walking meditation. Walking meditation for a longer period, but people are kind of on their own. So I think um, that can begin to happen, the longer periods, because if you're relaxed, you, you're just kind of letting everything go. So you can start, you, you can start seeing some... St- old stuff maybe come up or stuff that is like, oh, I didn't know I didn't know I was still holding on to that or, oh, I hadn't thought about I don't think I've thought about that in a long time, but it might be something that that comes up but that silence is about the only way we can access that. One of the things that But it was so strange how less, how much less, or how little stress I had in my life that I would see something that I hadn't seen in three months. I'm like, oh my god, you look like a different person because I didn't have any, I had no thought about work. I was looking for a job. I wasn't thinking about a job. And I was playing tennis with my daughter. And she was taking out playing tennis. Started playing golf. And I didn't, the only thing I thought about was fun things. And I woke up every day about 7 o'clock to make sure I could like, sleep a little but it's so strange how the mind is so different than people can tell physically the change in myself. And I just saw a guy in uh, at Mariano's about two weeks ago. He retired maybe, I thought it was like eight months ago. He looked like a total different person. He had color in his face. He, took, he looked so relaxed. And he said just such a complete different thing. So if you have a, a even if it's a job that doesn't seem stressful, and then you quit or you get laid off, and you're off for a month or yeah, that's that refreshing that people need. Yeah. Yeah, zero stress and you don't have to think about anything. You know, it's just 
it's a really bizarre feeling. Yeah, people's face faces change. Like, and a, a lot of people, even from a weekend of being quiet, will uh, will say that something that they've been kind of mulling over becomes more clear. You know what decision they should make, or or they feel that they were able to let it go. I think that's the nicest thing is you just can let go of all your current baggage. Just okay, don't have to think about that. Like I'm here. I'm not supposed to think and think about anything and it's easy to let it go. Yeah. It cha- you know that's the Buddha talked about meditation especially practicing loving kindness. You you take you become beautiful. Be, and it's because you know you let you're letting go of those worry lines. You're letting go of that that stuff that we're always uh, worried about or feel anxious about or all that stuff that we think depends on us to juggle those balls or the whole the whole universe you know is going to fall apart. And so you take on a countenance that is uh, beautiful. And I think that's really true. Well, thank you, everybody. I really, I really like your thoughts.